Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California, with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey, and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is Coast to Coast to Coast. What is a habit or personal quirk that you possess that you feel is unique to yourself? I meant it to mean that you do something, maybe it's an organizational method, or it's a superstition, or it's something, or maybe just a quirk that people say, hey, you know, you do that thing all the time, you know, just something that maybe someone doesn't, that maybe many, most people don't know about you. Anyway. I have a couple things. Um, so, well, I don't think these things are, when you say like unique to yourself, I mean, uh, they're pretty, I, you know, there's like 300 million people in the U.S., right? Uh, so I don't think I'm the only person that, that does these things. Uh, here. But, uh, but I think they're pretty uncommon. But uh, the first one, and I think we've talked about this, is that uh, I will have conversations with myself out loud where <laughs> I actually vocalize conversations where like I, I there's me on one end and then like another person that I'm talking to on the other end and I will say my parts of the conversation out loud and then in my head I will imagine what the other person in the conversation has replied and then I will again respond to that and I will basically carry on this conversation as if there's a second person that I'm talking to even though there's no one else around and uh my girlfriend uh finds it very odd um and she always wants to know who i'm talking to but uh it's it's just myself i had uh two questions about that so the first one you kind of answered was whether you still do that if there's other people around and so i i guess if you're in your house maybe you still do it yeah i actually um i never did it with anyone else around until recently because uh because <laughs> we've been under quarantine we've been living together now for since the quarantine started so i used to keep this like a deep dark secret from anybody but uh like i haven't been able to contain it for this long so so now it's started to come out and and so she's really the first person to mm. to be aware of this uh weird quirk of mine and she's still with you so and she, <laughs> she's sticking around yeah the keeper how do you use different voices or it's the same voice for both? You know? Well, I'm only doing my voice. I'm only speaking my parts. Right. You're um, not vocalizing both sides of the conversation. You're imagining the second side of the conversation, right? Right, right. I'm imagining what the second person is saying and then vocalizing my own part. So that way I don't have to switch voices. Uh, yeah, when I'm doing I mean, it. The other question that, that I had was, is there a reason why you do that? Do you do it kind of as a way to organize your thoughts to maybe if like that topic comes up, you just to organize what you want to say, or is it just, is there no rhyme and reason to it? Or is there any reason why you do it? Uh, I, I think actually you, you touched on the exact reason. Uh, mm. it's, it's, it's a way to think. I, is it like the Socratic method? I don't, yeah, it's like a way to organize my thoughts. I think it's a good way to um okay, you know how sometimes um uh you might read like a complex uh top read about a complex topic and then you might try to restate it in your own words to see if you really understand it, like how well can you 
summarize it in your own words. So I think it's kind of that element where I feel like I'm trying to uh, discuss an issue using my words to to show that I really kind of understand what it is I'm talking about. Um, Mm. Because I find if you've just read about a topic and you kind of internalize it and you feel like you know about it, but then it comes out in conversation and you've never actually talked about it before, you can kind of sound like a moron. Uh, even though you might be like very well read on this topic if you've never actually like expressed it aloud to somebody you might find that that you're actually not good at coming up with the words to describe um you know the the topic that that you're talking about so i find having done that in advance i'm uh i'm able to um express the points more clearly when i do end up talking to whatever person i'm talking to yeah makes sense it's funny you mentioned, you know, the conversation, you know, having the conversation with yourself because one of my habits is that I like narrate my life out loud. It's funny because there actually was a Family Guy episode where I remember like one of the characters did that, and I was like, oh man, how they know that I did that? Like sometimes <laughs> I'll just like narrate my life and be like, sometimes I'll just say things that I'm thinking that other people will just think and not say out loud. Like I'm in traffic and like I see a scuffle. Or something, or I see a, a a police car going by, or a fire truck, and be like, "I wonder what's going on there." And I'm like, "Why am I saying this out loud? Let me say that out loud." Like, I wonder. I wonder if that comes from being a, a movie guy, because I exactly. find in movies, in order to like explain what's happening, the the main character, if they're alone in a scene, they'll they'll be like, "Oh, I wonder what's happening." To Robbie, <laughs> you're like, why would anyone say that out loud? But it's yeah. like they have to, or otherwise you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I'll even like, like you know. So where are you going? He asked quizzically. It would say like, why am I saying that? I don't have to say that part. Like, you know what I mean? It's weird. It's like I guess it's from yeah, watching movies and writing and and writing dialogue and things. Like sometimes I'll just do that, and I think I don't know the people who do that, but I'm sure people do that though. I'm sure. Um, but it's interesting though. Sometimes I'm not really talking to myself. I'm just like narrating the scene. Whoever's listening. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Probably weird. Anyway, Derek. Has uh, sorry. Has uh, has your wife uh, seen you do that? Sometimes, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll just say something, and I'll be like, said quizzically. And Jeff <laughs> said, and Jeff thought to himself, <laughs> "What a stupid thing to say." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff she, Jeff wondered if this was a trap that he was walking into. <laughs> um, okay. So um I guess my personal quirk my main personal quirk is um I don't like to make I'm not good at making decisions. I find that my innate personality is one that doesn't like to be faced with a lot of choices and then have to choose from them uh, like without any forewarning. And I think that over the years, me coming to terms with that part of my personality and my myself kind trying to figure out a way to resolve that ha- is has led me to one of my quirks, which is that I I kind of set up what I want what I want to do for the day in advance, I, I like write down 
um, like, <sighs> it's kind of hard to articulate this. I, I should have had a, a you should have had a conversation with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so like, like I'll give you an example. Like I'll, if if the if there's some if I'm gonna watch a movie or I'm gonna watch a TV show or um, I'm gonna do something if I have an activity that I want to do I like I write down in advance um, what what time I want to do what activity and then not only do I have a specific time slot for like when I'm gonna do that activity I also decide in advance um, what I'm gonna be doing like let's say I'm gonna be watching a movie or something. And then I'll say like, okay, like Wednesday night is my movie night. And that's when I'm going to watch a movie. And then like, for example, like maybe Thursday night will be like, uh, like I play a video game on Thursday night or um, I read a book or something. It's like I, I decide certain days of the week where I have a specific activity planned. And then that way, when that day starts, I know I don't have to decide like how I want to use my time. I know that it's that time of the week to do that, to watch a movie or to, to play a video game or to do whatever it is. And then um, not only do I not have to make a decision that at that moment, what I have to do, but also I look forward to it. Like it's like, Oh, Oh, today's movie night. I get to watch a movie, you know, or today's video game day. I get to play that game that I, that I wanted to play. And then the way I decide what I actually do um, is like, I have like these lists. I love lists and I'll find lists of like what are considered, you know, the greatest movies in a specific field or the greatest video games of all time or whatever it is. And I'll like, just go down that list. And that's what I decide what I do for that, for that next slot is, you know, what's next on my list. So the, the mentality is I don't like to, every day approach the situation where I'm like, I'm going to, should I watch a movie tonight? Okay. What movie should I watch? Let me browse through, see what's new, see what's, um, what recently came to streaming or something. I don't like doing that. I like having in, in advance, like knowing, okay, what's next on my, okay, this is what I'm going to watch. And then I know like weeks in advance, like what I'm going to watch and when it's kind of interesting. And so that, that's what, that's how I like to organize like the activities that I do. Wow. Do you, um, has there ever been a situation where uh, something came up that prevented you from doing the, the scheduled item? Yeah. And then do you so, get like really irritable when that happens? Because your whole schedule has been thrown out of whack? Um, no. Um, and the reason is because my schedule, my, my system for deciding like my schedule has evolved so much over the years that it's like, in my opinion, I got to say, it's a perfect system. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's never had a peer review, but because um, basically the way I organize, like the the at what point in the week what I do what is like the things that I consider the most valuable, which are the things inevitably that are the most limited, uh, I put later in the week, and then the things that are the the most common or the things that will not run out anytime soon, I put earlier in the week. And so let's say I have like, like on Monday, which I consider the start of the week for as far as my schedule is concerned. Um, I have the things that I have planned for Monday are things that will never run out. And so I always do those first in the week. And then by the time you get to Friday, it's things that are very limited. Like for example, if I'm watching a TV show that only has like five episodes left, 
And once I watch those five, the the show will be finished and I'll never have any more to watch. Like I'll put that to like Friday, right? And then that's assuming that I have time to do that every day of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I didn't have any extra work or I didn't have any um, someone, you know, I had an emergency to take care of or I didn't have plans where I left. I didn't have time to do what I wanted to do that day. That's only assuming I get to follow my schedule every single day. And if I do, then I get to whatever I have planned for Friday. But if I don't, then I just shift everything one day. So like what I had planned for Monday, I'll do on, if I, if I have too much work to do on Monday and I don't get to do it, then I'll just move, instead of moving to what I usually do on Tuesday, I do what I'm doing on Monday, what I'm supposed to do on Monday on Tuesday instead. So everything gets shifted. Mm. So what I was supposed to do on Friday gets pushed to the next week, actually. So the, the to answer your question, um, I already have measures in place to determine what happens if, you know, this happens or what happens in this case. And then the reason for those rules is because I don't like to have to make a decision where it's like, well, I can't do that. So what do I do instead? And then I waste time thinking about what I want to do. Instead of that, I already have rules that say, okay, that, that govern. Now I'm going to do this instead. So it's really easy for me to move on to the next topic without any frustration. What's, what's also fun is, is, um, uh, rearranging or readjusting the schedule. If I make a new discovery for something that I want to add to my routine, I can just go back and look at my schedule and kind of rearrange, like add, a, if there's a new show I want to watch that I've recently discovered, I can add it to a different day, a different time of day. Like if I want it as a morning show or while well, I'm getting ready for work or as a night show, when I can focus and watch, I can choose a day that would make sense to, to, to uh, assign that activity to. And then, so a lot of times when I'm like sitting on the train um, or just have a, a moment with my phone, I'll be looking at my schedule and seeing if there's any inefficiencies or any ways I can rearrange the activities of the day. And then it's just really fun for me to wake up each day and just to know what I have to look forward to today because it's all things that I, that I like very much that are on, that are like on my routine. So I realized this is like a very strange way to like to govern what you do during your life. But for me, it's it's like the most fun. It's like really fun. I, I don't find it like uh, restricting. I find it like on the contrary, I find it very fun to be like to know what I have to look forward to each day. Well, it's funny you say it because I have a system that's much more uh, simple where like I kind of guess where I'm going to be in the future and remind myself to do something at the point where I think I'll be doing it. You know what I mean? Or it'll be most appropriate. Like, you know, make sure to send that email or, you know, pick up, you know, go to the grocery store or something like, I just kind of think about myself in the future, like what I'll be doing at the future time. And sometimes just by doing that step, by setting the reminder, I don't need the reminder. You know what I mean? Like I've already committed to memory by setting the reminder. Oh, I don't know. Wait, so there's was... no physical reminder, like like a notification oh. phone or something. It's just something yeah. I have. No, a notification on my phone. But by setting the notification at a certain time, like hmm, at a certain time, I'll probably be doing this. So let me put a reminder to do that. You know. And then you just naturally remember at that time whether you're doing that yeah. or not. Yep. Hmm. Interesting, because I know myself. Yeah. But what if you I forget? Know. 
what if you forget to like recheck in with yourself at that time? Exactly. That's why I had the reminder. Though. It's like, yeah, you know I mean, so I'm like, oh, I did all this. Oh, I don't have to worry about this. I what, set the reminder regardless. What percentage of the time are you already doing the thing, and and so you never needed the reminder? And what percent I, of the time did the reminder actually remind you of what to do? I'd say, I'd say it's about seventy thirty. Most of the time, I don't I, have to remember. But then, thirty percent of the time, I'm like, wait, there was something I'm supposed to do, and then it'll be like beep 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 beep. All right, what? Oh no! Oh, I gotta send that out. Okay, and then I'll have to, and then sometimes I try to be very descriptive as possible, like make sure to submit, you know, certain that a particular script to this competition, you know, before the deadline tonight. You know, what I mean, like that—that's how specific I get with it. Make sure I'm not cryptic about what I'm talking about because the more general and vague, the worse it is for me. But Jeff, the, the beep 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 you were saying it. That's something mental, right? That's. No, no, no. I'll put it this way. It, that happened. Yes, there is an internal uh, reminding internal. system that happened. Yeah, exactly. But just in case, I still have it in my notifications on my phone, though. Just in case. But I, I well, like I said, the, the process of, just com of committing it to memory usually happens when I've written down the reminder on my phone. And sometimes I'm in the middle of a lot of things, so it actually doesn't commit to memory. I'm just like, oh, I got to remind myself, and you know, but in the middle of something, I can't really think about it right now, and it usually needs to be uh, literally reminded to me. I have uh, this uh, evil urge to like hack into Derek's list list of <laughs> things to do and add things, but like seven seven to eight have existential crisis, and then Derek looks over his schedule. It's like, oh, it's time for my existential crisis. Yeah. Like I don't even question it. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, I don't remember putting this in, but all right, time to question my existence. Awesome. No, I think uh, you know they talk about um, like highly successful people, and one of the common traits of them is that uh, they're very regimented, um, mm -hmm. and th and that's how they get a lot a lot done is that they develop a routine, um, and that's. Yeah. Uh, that's usually the way that, that like high, highly functioning people uh, get a lot of work done is by having some sort of routine in place. I guess three. I don't maybe, think maybe. I think I should do that, but I don't. I definitely um, will go down the rabbit hole and spend like three hours reading about frogs or, or something. <laughs> um, I don't not frogs exactly, but some topic that like I didn't definitely wasn't in my schedule. And and then like an entire night is spent doing it. Yeah, that's funny though because I consider you very successful. So I don't know if that's you know you don't really need. I, th I think I think you would be shocked at how <laughs> how much time is just frittered away uh, accomplishing very well, little. I have I have two points to to remark about that. I mean, the first thing is, um, I think I started with this whole routine of when i guess the earliest reference to it that i have in my memory is when i was in high school i would come home and i would just turn on the tv and there would be nothing interesting on at all but i would just still just watch the tv and kind of maybe hope something interesting would come on and kind of too tired to try to think of something else to do and then have several hours be wasted and then kind of 
being upset with myself for letting so much time go by where I not only accomplished nothing, but didn't get any entertainment value of what I was doing. And then that kind of made me want to think of a way to do things, to always kind of be doing something that I wanted to be doing. Um, But the other point was, I still think that every human being requires that time where you're just doing nothing and just enjoying a sense of not having to actively uh, think or resolve questions in your mind. And I think just spending several hours researching something just out of curiosity or just kind of chilling and watching videos on YouTube or something, I think that kind of time is still required for everyone. There's a there's a comedian. I, I don't remember which comedian did this bit, but he talks about how when you're a little kid and someone's like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And as a kid, you're like, oh, nothing. I got nothing to do. I'm bummed, right? I guess kids don't say bummed, but you know, they're like, I'm upset. But then as an adult, if someone comes to you and they're like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? You're like, nothing. It's, yeah. it's great. I have yeah. nothing I have to do. <laughs> it's like it's like how you how you feel about doing nothing changes when you get That's, older. Yeah, totally. Funny you say that because like I'm one of those people where I can always find things to do. It's weird. Like I'm always <laughs> always like finding I can like a game I haven't played or a restaurant I want to try or a story I want to write or a movie I want to watch. Like there's ne- I I'm rarely ever bored as long as I have. Oh, something to, to to do. Sometimes I read about um, people who have retired from their careers early, oh. and uh, they find that uh, they get bored after, like, very quickly after like a few months. They don't know what to do with all the free time that they have, which always was mind-boggling to me. That that like. Like there's so much to do in the world, <laughs> but as soon as they have the freedom to do it, they, they mm-hmm. can't think of anything to do. And then what happens is a lot of them uh, will go back to work, um, which is interesting. And 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 I know there are a lot of people that that feel that way. Um, so it, it's an interesting mindset. Um, and maybe I don't know because I've never really been retired, but. It's it's well actually I think we did talk about this in a previous podcast, um, but uh, it seems like there would be a never ending list of things that you would be able to to keep busy with, uh, but somehow uh, people run out of things. Yeah, I don't like the idea of wasted time either. I feel like a lot of a lot of times I I, I hate to I know that people will say after they see a movie they didn't like like oh it was a waste of two hours of my life. I'm like, well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I usually can find something good in a movie that will make the experience worth my time. Usually I'll find that there's an actor I want to work with or uh, the, the lighting was good or something. You know, <laughs> big fan of that. But I, I find something good in it. And I think that um, if, you, if you gain something from the experience, then I think it's worthwhile. But yeah, I just, all I'm saying about my, my lack of boredom is, I'm definitely, definitely can always work around it. But um, it is nice to have free time as well, though. And you can say that you're, 
me, free time is more mental than anything else. Like when I say I'm free. That means like, I'm not thinking about anything that you know, demands my attention. Do you guys have anything to recommend this week? Uh, my recommendation, <laughs> um, I would like to recommend the new run the jewels album. Oh, I like run the jewels. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously we've talked about, uh, classical music in the past and how I, maybe you got the sense that I do like classical music, but that doesn't mean, um, I exclude any, um, more popular music as well. And, um, I think run the jewels are probably the most interesting rap act that is currently active right now, in my opinion. Um, and they just released their fourth album and not only that you can, they released it for free on their website. You can go to their website, download the album for free without any restriction, um, which is pretty cool. And, uh, they, if you're not familiar with them, they're very, uh, it's a duo, a rap duo. And I think they're, they just come up with uh, very, very dense uh, lyrical passages that are uh, pretty thought-provoking and very tongue-twisting, and they deliver them with uh, really strong, I don't know, just, just the, the way they deliver the lines is very, um, it's kind of different from the, the rap that you hear like on the radio or like we were talking about like trap music before. I think it's like very direct, you know, it's like, uh, I like the directness of it. I like the, the lyric, the wordplay, and I really like the beats and the production. And this fourth album that they just released um, might be my favorite of their this, the current discography. And that's saying a lot because the first three albums are really good too. So um, that will be my choice. I'll definitely check that out. Uh, I'm a big fan of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Roy, do you have anything you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, I have a recommendation. Uh, finally, <laughs> something I enjoyed. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know, it's true. Uh, on Netflix, um, I watched uh, the series called Unorthodox. Hmm. Have you guys seen that? My parents have. They said they really liked it, actually. Yeah, so unorthodox is a. It's split into four parts. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's. There's not going to be seasons. I, I think it's just like a four-part series. Um, it's about the ultra-orthodox uh, Jewish community, uh, specifically the one in in Williamsburg, in Brooklyn, and spe- specifically about um, uh, one particular woman who grew up within the community. And uh, escaped. She, uh, she, obviously, she didn't like the lifestyle, and she broke away from it. And um, and she ended up uh, moving to Berlin, and and just uh, leaving the entire lifestyle behind. Um, and and it was just a, a very interesting story. I, I've never actually, I've never seen that lifestyle portrayed in a movie before. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I actually grew up uh, in that fashion uh, for like the first six, seven years of my life. Um, so, so I knew a lot about uh, that sort of lifestyle, and I've never actually seen it 
uh, put the film before, um, but they do it in the series, and, and I thought they did a good job of of capturing uh, some of the more bizarre aspects of of that world. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's very interesting to see, and it's it's based on a, a memoir that uh, so it's based on a true story uh, about this girl. Uh, but they've turned it into a like a, a fictionalized series. Check it's it out. pretty dark. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, I guess that about wraps up the show here. I'm going to say my last lines. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, coast the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, comments. Sorry. Send us your condiments. Thoughts. Send us your condiments. If we're running low on ketchup and mustard, <laughs> send us your thoughts, comments, criticisms, anything, and we'll talk to you all next week.